successful media and public affairs consultant, accomplished entrepreneur and national writer and contributor, attorney who served in the Missouri House of Representatives, worked in the White House and CNN, thought leader, entrepreneur, and host who takes the conversation to the next level. Prepare to get rare access to fascinating guests. You're connected. You have the it factor. You've joined Grill Nation. Connect with Jason on Twitter at Jason Grill. Connect with the show on Twitter at Grill Nation Show and online at GrillNationShow.com. Welcome your host of Grill Nation. Always dressed up and ready to go even in a radio studio. Here's Jason Grill. Hello everyone and welcome to the Grill Nation Show on 980 AM and on podcast via Apple Podcast or all podcast networks and at GrillNationShow.com. I am your host, Jason Grill. Thank you for joining us this week. It's great to have you back. Uh, we've had a great run of shows, learning and listening to some of the best and brightest uh, business leaders, entrepreneurs, trendsetters, visionaries, you name it here lately on the show. So I'm excited today to do uh, the same. We're going to have a great show today. I'm going to be joined here via Zoom from the home studio by with Lee Mudd, who's the president of RLM Underground. Um Lee is gonna ha- has a very interesting story, very interesting company. Uh, There's a lot of interesting things about Lee and what he's doing, and, and I'm gonna learn. We're looking forward to learning a lot from Lee today on the Grill Nation show about his career journey, his company, uh, some some recent work he's been doing, and, and hopefully get some good nuggets and takeaways from Lee uh, regarding uh, entrepreneurship, business growth, and running a company. Welcome to the show, Lee Mudd, president of RLM Underground. How are you today, Lee? Good, good, good. I hope you guys are doing good. Uh, I'm good. It's nasty outside. Uh, but like I said, it, it is another day and we're getting close to a holiday break. Yeah, November. You know, we're, we're, we've been lucky to have fairly good weather this year here in the region. Your website, by the way, is rlmus.com. I forgot to mention that at the top. Uh, telecommunications contractor company. Lee, let me know about you. I want to learn about you first. I know you, you started this company, uh, what, around 20, 20, 2016, but tell us about your background, uh, kind of where you're from. And uh, I noticed you have a University of Kentucky basketball picture behind you. So take us through kind of Lee Mudd's background before we get into your business. Awesome, awesome. Well, you know, I'm a small town kid. Uh, I was born and raised in a town called Springfield, Kentucky. Uh, we had about 4,000 people in the whole town. Um, was a big sports lover, played all kinds of sports growing up, uh, decided to college. I went to University of Kentucky, obviously, uh, based on the picture. Um, spent four years there, maybe five. Uh, and sure. uh, so, so the Lexington experience. Now, for people that don't know, tell us about that, because I know horse racing is big in, uh, in Lexington, but also college basketball. Correct, correct. You know, when I came to Kansas City, obviously everybody loves Kansas you know, respectfully, you know, and I've been to the town and Lexington is just so different because Lexington survives very well without the college. Okay. Uh, so, you know, going to Lexington, there is, you know, they, they got the Augusta of racetracks in Keeneland. Um, obviously they got a subpar mediocre football team that I'm a diehard fan of, <laughs> uh, but they do have the greatest tradition in basketball, which is <laughs> University of Kentucky basketball. Uh, I'm sure I'll get a lot of grief for that statement. But, no, I'm, a, I'm a Mizzou fan, so we can okay, we can so, yeah. what we want. So I understand so. that, but yeah, you know, Kentucky was great. Um, Kentucky is a 
big little town. Uh, you know, they got some industry there. It, it's kind of a mom and pop run town, you know, who, you know, not what, you know, mm-hmm. um, but Lexington was a great experience, you know, growing up, I only lived an hour from it. Um, but moving out to Kansas city was a change. Like I said, after college, uh, I went to Amazon to work as a safety engineer, uh, and corporate world was not for me. <laughs> uh, Why is that, Lee? You're just a number. You know, half the time your bosses might see you once a month. Um, I never thought I would go to college to work a night shift. Uh, and I did. You know, like I said, it was great money. It was great experience. Uh, it was cool to say you work at Amazon. Um, but it was tough. Like I said, right out of college, I still had friends in college. And I was working Tuesday through Saturday night, 8 o'clock to 2 in the morning. You know, I had no life. Uh mm-hmm. I made the choice, not a smart choice at the time, to quit. Um, Set at home, didn't do much. Uh, then my father said, you got to go. And I uh, actually had a family friend, his best friend, uh, his family owned a big telecommunications company who was doing the Google Fiber work in Kansas City. Okay. And uh, they, they reached out to me and asked me if I needed a job. I had no other choice. Um, I took the job, packed my stuff, and moved to Kansas City. So, so you really the Google Fiber uh, brought, or you know, Fiber Initiative in Missouri and Kansas really kind of is the reason why you're here. Absolutely, 100. percent No hands or buts. You knew nothing about our region, nothing. I mean, you are truly a Kentucky guy. You, you, uh, you came here for a career, for a job with good, you know, because of the infrastructure that was being built here, and kind of just made your own. Absolutely. I mean, when I when they said I was coming here, I honestly, I mean, I thought of Kansas City as the middle of nowhere. You know, I had no idea. And but I'm being honest, you know. And I came here, and you know, and I really didn't know what it had to offer. And it's a lot like back home. You know, you got you got a big little city, but you know, 20 minutes outside of town, you got the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was really an eye opening, uh, and honestly, the best decision I ever made. So what were you doing here before you started your company? What were you working on? I was working as a project manager for uh, a large telecommunications company called Urban Cable Construction. Mm-hmm. So they're the ones that got me my start. Um, had no idea about the industry. They threw me in and it was sink or swim. So essentially construction management, supervising, leading projects, um, dealing with installing and, and I was. And and, and, and it's funny because I really, you know, I was construction manager of in-house crews, a supervisor, but I didn't have a ton of business savvy responsibilities. Um, You know, it's sad to say this, but I made the jump because I like money. (laughs) And, you know, correct, correct. Um, And, you know, and that's what I did. Obviously, when I left, I had a plan. The actually company that I was working for agreed to give me a contract to work directly for them. Mm-hmm. With so their consulting firm. Correct. With my own construction company, they said, we'll give you a contract and you can be a subcontractor under us. Well, Lee Mudd is going to be with us for the show. And, and, and it's turned out pretty well, Lee. We'll get into your company, uh, RLM Underground. But you guys have had over 30 plus clients, over $8 million in revenue. You recently were awarded uh, the Ingrams Magazine 20 in their 20s. I will let you know that I have I have also received an award from Ingrams of 40 under 40. So That's I'm good. Still older than you. Uh, that is good. You got to get that one in next before you. Uh, that that is the goal. 
That is the goal. But you're working in all over the United States now and in markets, including our own region, but also Arizona, Nevada, Oklahoma, and Texas. You started your business in 2016 or 2017, correct? Correct, correct. Established 2016. We didn't hit the boot, hit the ground running until 17. So after the break, Lee, we're going to come back. I want to learn all about RLM Underground, uh, what you guys do, your services, some case studies, some of your favorite projects, potentially, uh, how you guys have grown so quickly with so many new clients and so much revenue and kind of what did you learn through that experience? I wanted to set the table here at the beginning to kind of to learn about your background. I really think the information you provided to us about the corporation and kind of why you left and, and, and what and how you ended up here kind of sets the table in the background for for your company and your success today. So when we get back from the break, I'm joined today again by Lee Mudd. He's the president of RLM Underground. RLMUS.com is their website. We're going to get all into what he does each and every day in his business. You're listening to The Grill Nation Show here on 980 AM and on Apple Podcasts via podcast and at grillnationshow.com. We'll be right back. It's been one week since you looked at me. Cocked your head to the side and said I'm angry. Five days since you laughed at me. You're saying get back together, come back and see me. Three days is a living room. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Grill Nation Show. I am Jason Grill, your host. Thanks for listening today. If you're joining via the radio or on podcast or on the web at grillnationshow.com, you can connect with me on social media. Search for my name, Jason Grill, no E, or just uh, follow me on Twitter at Jason Grill. We're joined today by Lee Mudd, who's the president of RLM Underground. Their website is rlmus.com. Uh, after years working for other contractors, uh, Lee uh, owns, started and owns his own underground telecom construction company now. It was launched in 2016. He established himself in the Kansas City market and specializes in underground telecom construction projects. Business has grown quickly, and now you, uh, Lee has projects throughout the U.S. in markets such as Arizona, Nevada, Oklahoma, Texas, and more. Lee, welcome back to the show. I want to make sure we, we learn about what your company does. Uh, for laymen out there and people that maybe aren't in the world that you're in, tell us uh, what you guys do each and every day at uh, RLM Underground. Awesome, awesome. So to break it down, simple, because like I said, I could say a lot of terms that nobody has any idea about. Um, we install internet service, uh, underground, aerial, inside buildings, outside buildings. Uh, but in easy terms, you know, we put internet from point A to point B, whether it's for schools, whether it's for buildings, whether it's for neighborhoods. Um, we use different methods to install it. Um, but long story short, you know, we go from your house to the neighbor's house and give you both internet service. So a lot of underground work, a lot, a lot of, of underground work. work. Um, you know, I, I just, this world has changed a lot. You mentioned Google Fiber and coming to Kansas City when that was the only place that had it at the time. I mean, talk to us about kind of how things have changed for you. I mean, I'm assuming the business has been booming. No, it has. Uh, business right now is kind of, you know, I got lucky. I got in at the right time. Um, and for instance, you know, we've obviously had COVID and, you know, you've had a lot of people suffer from it. But for us, it's kind of been the busiest we've ever been. Um, with kids being at home, e-learning, doing stuff online. They can't do that without the best Internet. 
so we, we, we've had customers call us 24 seven and really going back to Google fiber, they started the whole craze is, you know, the, 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 the speeds that they were given neighborhoods, um, was outrageous. You know, at, at the time it was unheard of, nobody else could do it. Um, and a lot of people considered, you know, Google fiber a failure because they didn't have as many people sign up or whatnot, but they really created competition within all markets for everybody else to quote unquote, give the same speed, if not more to homeowners, businesses, schools, hospitals, and whatever's needed. Um, so Google fiber kind of kicked off everything. Uh, and everybody followed, everybody followed soon. So who, who, who reaches out to your company, RLM underground when there is a, a need for, uh, for fiber to be laid or for construction work to be done? Who, who are the customers? Uh, AT&T, Spectrum, Google, Verizon, private dark networks, um, independent networks, rural networks, uh, you know, they're everywhere. You know, you really don't realize it. You know, the only people you really hear of, AT&T, Spectrum, Comcast, the people, you know, who are advertising door to door, let's get you the best service. Mm -hmm. uh, but there's so many other providers out there, so many more underserved and just as important providers that don't get the publicity or the dollars that the big guys get. How, how do you, how do, how do you get on the radar for such big companies for what you do? Oh, you have such we, success at an early age, right out of, uh, right out of the chute as far as your business. A lot of it is luck. A lot of it is word of mouth. We've had some really good customers who, uh, who have pointed us in directions who are, you know, they've had, sister companies that have said, Hey, we need some help. And they refer us. And a lot of it's boots on the ground. You know, we have a director of sales, a guy within the team and he's hitting every conference he can find, busting down any door, handing out business cards, um, and basically becoming a pest so much to providers that, you know, it's easy for them to say, fine, you know, here's a shot. And, you know, that's all we ever asked for. Let us in the door. We'll show you what we can do. Um, we're not owed anything. Um, what we're trying to do is obviously is bring back the partnership that there used to be, uh, the give and take from contractor and provider that there used to be. Um, so like I said, it's, it's no different from door to door sales. You know, we just do it on a larger scale. You guys, um, you guys have grown, of course, with these projects. Again, you do underground construction, uh, fiber optic cable services. There is a big need. You mentioned at the top about kind of how Kansas City is, where you have big town, big city lifestyle, and then, you know, you drive 30 minutes from here, you're in an area that is more rural. Um, what is going on with broadband, you know, in rural areas? I feel like when I was in politics and serving, I mean, that was an issue 10, 15 years ago about we need to get these services to rural areas. But are we seeing improvement in that? Is there... Is there a lot of things that have happened? Are we still kind of have a lot to work to do? Where does that stand? Oh, man. So is there a lot to do still? Absolutely. Has a lot been done in the past three years? Absolutely. Um, majority of our customers, we focus on the rural market. Um, you know, we don't do as much in Kansas City. We have some customers that we do a, a bit for. Um, but our focus is rural networks, small schools, small towns who – the big conglomerates, it's not financially good enough for them to go into those markets. Um, so we're working with small rural providers, middle mile providers who are getting grant money from the government to go in and give these little towns of Paola, Osawatomie, Baser, DeSoto, 
Um, even places like Leavenworth, uh, you know, we're focused on all those um, because the work is a little easier because when, you know, you're going through a, a, the middle of town, you're not, you know, you don't have eight other providers within the public right away that you have to duck, dodge and try not to hit where, you know, if you give me a job that's on 142nd in Schweitzer, I'm not going to be very excited for it because the, all the other providers that are in the area. It makes construction harder, um, but these rural areas are starting to get noticed. Um, do they get the kind of notice that they need? No, not yet. Um, but the government is throwing out bills, throwing out grants, and uh, it's getting there. But like I said, it's a it's a long ways away from where it needs to be. Yeah, I feel like that's been a project for a long time, and the government has wanted to State governments mostly have wanted to advance rural rural broadband, which I would assume would be great for your business. Uh, as I Absolutely. That. <laughs> as Absolutely. long as you can find the teams in all these areas and all these cities. you you uh, What is your team like? Tell us about your team and kind of how you built that. Oh, man, they're rock stars. Uh, we don't get to where we are today without any of them. You know, I've kind of, you know, besides writing checks, you know, I don't see I don't see myself doing anything. Uh, these guys are in the field every day dealing with the customers in this 30 degree weather with rain. Uh, and it was hard to build, you know, it's hard to keep the same people because turnover in this industry is outrageous. Um, competition, you know, you got the next company down the street who will pay them $3 more and there's not a lot of loyalty. Um, so, you know, our motto is, you know, we want to grow, we want to stay big, but we want to be a family based company. I try to help any single employee out if they have issues, if, if COVID's hurt their family, if I can give them some money, you know, anything, some help, lodging for a week. It's the only way to do things. And, you know, luckily I've had my guys for since the beginning. You know, we've obviously added guys. We've added guys who've done great. We've added guys who don't fit. I mean, there's nothing against the guys who don't fit. It's just, you know, not what we're looking for or we're not the right company for them. But the hardest thing was, is getting qualified people in today's world. Why is that, Lee? Oh, man. Because uh, training programs is because of lack of people wanting to be in this world anymore because of, of the work it entails? Is it because of it's my generation, unfortunately, they can make more money sitting on a computer right. than they can uh, being out in the field. And I get it. I don't knock anybody's hustle. Uh, it's what they got to do. But the need, I don't think people know what construction in general, what kind of money they can make, what kind of career they can have. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I went to college, obviously I, I want my kids to go to college, but construction is a job, you know, it is a career. Um, and I just don't think ours is specialty construction. You know, it's not, you know, going out on a dozer or doing road work. So ours is a little tougher in aspects of learning, but we just don't have the people, uh, you know, we will spend three months training someone and then, after that three months, they put it on their resume that they're, you know, a qualified operator and somebody else takes them. You know, and, and you mentioned how you started your business. I mean, does it happen a lot in your industry where you have a team that does this and then decides, hey, I could do this and be a contractor too, like Lee and have a company and then they leave? I mean, is that, I mean, you did it effectively, right? So. Absolutely. And and you're right. There, it, it does happen. I've had plenty of guys say, hey, you know, even, even under say, hey, we, you know, Will you finance me some machines and I'll work under you? You know, you, you can, you know, contract for me. Mm -hmm. And I tell them, you know, 
yeah, that's fine. You got to stick with me. I can't buy you stuff and you can go with somebody else. But they don't. I break it out for them. I show them. Look, here's what you see. Here's what you don't see. And, and I was in their same shoes. I put out a spreadsheet, uh, went to my father, showed him everything. Like, look at the margins I can make. They're crazy. You know, we're going to be rich. Uh, and, you know, within the first year, I'm like, uh, uh-oh, where did this money go? You know, there's just so many, there's so many um, variables that you can't plan for. And that, and that is what I try to tell guys. You know, it's like, hey, you know, you think it, it's good when it's good, but when it's bad, it's bad. Right. Um, but yes, you, you do have people try to go out on their own, um, but not as much as you think, just because a lot of them are hard workers. They don't want any. They want to make a good check, go home to their families every night. Uh, right. And, you know, they don't want the stress of, you know, where am I going to find payroll at this week? We're going to get into that after the break. I want to talk about trends, some of the innovations, kind of your team. You mentioned some of your values, uh, best lessons learned, all that and more when we get back. You're listening to the Grill Nation show here on 980 AM or via podcast. Today's guest is Lee Mudd, president of RLM Underground. Website is rlmus.com. We'll be right back. Anytime I need to see a fish, I just close my eyes and I am taking two bits of crystal mine. I'm a gentle feeling, take a shelter in the face of my spine, straight like a chicken cherry cola. Welcome back to the Grill Nation show here at 980 AM and on podcast networks, as well as on our website, grillnationshow.com, where all of our shows are listed. You can listen back to old shows and connect with me on there. Always uh, looking for great guests and uh, partners and supporters of the show as well, as we continue to grow in 2020 and look forward to 2021 and a bunch of new things coming up here in the future. Lee Mudd is with us, president of RLM Underground. His website is rlmus.com. They do all kinds of telecom construction work throughout our region, as well as in rural areas and states throughout the country. Started in 2016, now have over done over 30 different projects and clients and have millions in revenue. Great entrepreneurial story here. Lee comes from Kentucky. Lee, I read an article that... Um, where you were quoted as saying, with tough times coming, uh, comes innovation, and there are so many variables that could go wrong. It makes it challenging, but I love a challenge. Tell us about that. I, you obviously are a risk taker in a way. I mean, you started your own company. Um, what? Why do the challenges drive you as far as uh, as an entrepreneur and business owner? Uh, I think it all goes back to, you know, I played sports my whole life. Uh, was never, a, you know, a books guy. You know, wasn't the smartest guy in the class. Um, and I think I took that passion for sports and competition and I transferred it over to business. You know, I see all these other contractors that have been in business for 20 years around the city. And my goal is, you know, I want to take every single client they have. You know? <laughs> and, and, you know, a lot of them don't like that. Um, but but it, it's kind of what drives me, like I said. And, and I get so many other contractors and, and industry professionals say, you know, how do you make it work? You know, prices are going down. You know, you're out there working for free. And I tell them, I said, you know, this is the problem right here. All there is is complaining. My, my you know, I tell the guys, adapt or die. Mm-hmm. It's plain and simple. It, figure out how to make it work or it's not going to work. Um, and and that there's, is no, what, there's no doubt in my mind, Lee, you believe you can accomplish anything you put your mind to. 
Oh, without a doubt. And a lot of times that's bad. It's bad, you know, because I take on some challenges that I'm just, you know, my, my biggest issue is saying no. I can't say it. I'm afraid that if I say no, it'll be like, oh, well, they're turning down work or, you know, they don't want to take this. You know, I want to make every customer happy. Um, and I've learned that that's not going to happen, you know. But so when you say no to a project, maybe sometimes that actually might help you because it could have been a, a lot of a lot of work or a lot of ordeal or something could have gone wrong. So you got to judge those projects because of your team size and, you know, and, and moving with the, the flow of the, 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 the growth and whatnot. No, absolutely. Uh, you know, some of our biggest accomplishments has been saying no because we either couldn't handle it or we couldn't agree on prices. And a lot of times we've said no. And then, you know, me and my office staff will go back in the back office and we're like, oh, God, what did we just do? You know, what are we going to do for a quarter or two? And then a week later, we'll get a call and have a perfect project fall on our lap. Uh, and it's all because, all because we said no to the previous project. That has been the biggest learning. You know, I, the only way I've learned in this industry is by failing. But yeah, we, and a lot of people aren't willing to do that. So you have. And, well, and it's scary. It's scary. I mean, I remember starting, Jason, and, you know, we do all this work and customers rarely pay on time. You know, it might be a week late and I'm sitting there with my wife and I'm like, I don't know where payrolls, you know, if they don't pay us on time, we're not hitting payroll. Um, you know, so so those are kind of things that some people cannot handle. Um, and for me, the hardest times when we pull through are the most rewarding. Now, they might not be the most profitable, but those times when we make it through the tough times and, you know, we make it through mistakes we made, those are the days where it's really worth it. And that's the drilling rush for me. Hey Lee, what, uh, what are some of the changes maybe that you've made, uh, to grow and adapt, maybe some, from some of the failures or early times as a business owner? I mean, what changes have you made that have really helped you in the long run? Um, I have become more patient <laughs> and, you know, I have managers that I'll call and I'll be like, why is this not done? They're like, dude, you called me 30 minutes ago. I told you it wasn't going to be done. Um, and a lot of times it's stop looking short term, uh, look long term. Don't judge a customer off one job um, because we sure ask them don't judge us off, you know, one bad job. Uh, so I, I've really had to step back and, and think long term relationships um, are greater than short term. And I think that's what the industry was going away from or is still going away from these big guys, these big companies um, don't care about their relationship with their customers. Uh, and that's what I've learned over the past three years is, you know, that relationship needs to be kept and needs to be built and not treated as just a number. Hmm. You also on your website, I, I, speaking of customer status, uh, of being satisfied, you have the values of uh, the business, which I think is always a positive when I go to a website for a company and they have kind of their values out there, mission statement, whatever you want to call it right there in front of them so they can see it and their customers can see it. And in addition to that, you know, you mentioned making sure employees are safe and happy, always price for value, always exceed expectations, always treat subcontractors as part of the team, always respect property. And again, always make sure the customer is satisfied. Uh, are these, these are the things you guys look by at your company. Oh, absolutely. Without a doubt. Um, first and foremost, our most important value is our employees, uh, their families, because like I said, we could have all the work in the world, the best clients in the world, but without those employees who are out there every day sweating it out, we're nowhere. 
I'm nowhere. You know, our company is not surviving. Um, so, you know, we have always got to where every single guy on our team has my number. Every single guy on our team, you know, has no problem reaching out to me and I will never turn anybody away. Might be another downfall of myself is I'll never say no when they need help. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, those values, once you get away from those values and there's a lot of times where we have to step back and remember, you know, what our values are, what are, you know, what we see RLM and what makes RLM what it is. Um, cause it's easy to get lost in the mix and only think about production, production, money, money, money. Uh, and like I said, but we have to remember to always go by those values cause those values have got us to where we are. You, um, I've, I've done some research. You, you judged a shark tank competition at a local school. <laughs> I did. So whatever did. you're doing as an entrepreneur is paying off because school districts <laughs> are now calling on you to be their uh, Mark Cuban in a shark tank. Uh, I did. I did. And, and, and the kids actually thought that I was uh, on the real shark tank level. And I just told them, I said, you know, you're completely wrong, <laughs> you know, so, but it, but it is, you know, teaching our youth is everything. Um, because, you know, they're the next to fall in line and, you know, in 25 years, you know, they're going to lead what we're building. So, you know, it's always fun. It's a laugh, you know, their ideas are interesting. Uh, but like I said, they have ideas, which is a big thing. So, uh, we're talking to Lee Mudd. Uh, he is a, uh, the owner of RLM underground, uh, and their website is rlmus.com. You talked about kind of, or you mentioned some of the other states you guys are in, um, what what does your growth look like? I mean, obviously you can scale with with the talent. You got to have the talent, but are you do you have a geographical uh, limit of area? Or are you just you just if somebody rings your number, Lee, and there's a project in in uh, Mississippi, it's kind of close to Kentucky, I think, right? But uh, someone calls you from Arizona, someone calls you from the West Coast, East Coast. Are you guys limited to the Midwest, or how do you how do you deal with all that? No, great question. No, you know, we look at customers and project size. Obviously, you know, we're not going to travel to California for a $30,000 project. Um, you know, but when, when we go in there and we have a customer, a current customer or a new customer, we know we just signed a deal in Columbus, Ohio with a new customer. They've given us a few million dollars worth of work for the first quarter. Um, and we kind of discuss with them, you know, it's about three hours from our Kentucky office. Um, so not far, but we asked them, you know, what's your outlook look like? You know, can you generate four or five million dollars out of this office a year? What do you see? And if they say absolutely, we have no problem establishing an office there, um, especially like in, like I said, the grant money right now coming out is, is, is crazy. And, you know, these providers are building for 80 percent free, you know, and, you know, they got to cover 20. But uh, but yeah, but it, it all just, time, Julie, let's talk about that. That takes a lot of time, too, because. You, you get put on a grant by somebody you work with in the past, you still got to go through the presentation phase. You got to get the deal. And so you put in a lot of time on the front end, uh, which sometimes these things might not pan out for you, correct? Correct. Correct. I mean, you know, we have customers right now that, you know, they're expecting to get, you know, seven to $10 million in Ardolf, uh in the auction. And, you know, we plan, we scale up to do what they need. And then they get a call that, hey, we didn't get the money. Sure. So, you know, it, it, it's kind of a partnership. You know, they ask you to get ready and you just have to trust them. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously every customer is different and you, you know, you have built a reputation or a certain trust level with those customers. Um, but the amount of work that's out there, customers are really needing good contractors, contractors that are not fly by night. 
Uh, How many and, projects do you handle? Like, I mean, what, what at one time? I'm trying to put uh, this all in perspective for our listeners because you're always on call 24 um, seven. I imagine that there's just stuff going on all the time. Yeah, I mean, I'd say right now we're spanned over seven states and probably have 30 projects going on. Wow. Uh, you know, and and we're a little different than other people. That's you know, our subcontractors we handpick them. We don't just let anybody who sends a resume or call and you know, we pick contractors that have our best interests and our reputation in mind as well. Um, we pick contractors who want to be with us, who want to work with us from project to project. Um, so it's a little tougher at times because you know, getting good subcontractors is hard. Um, you know, and a lot of these companies can't afford to wait 30, 45 days to get paid. Mm -hmm. There's such a risk. But like I said, you know, you're right. There are ranging from $5,000 project to $2 million project going on at all times. And so many integral parts moving. Uh, it does get tough. It does get tough to manage them all. And it, it, it's tough to find managers in these, these rural areas in different states who want to run your company as if there was their own. Lee Mudd is our guest today on the Grill Nation show. He's the president of RLM Underground. Their website is rlmus.com. Great telecommunication construction company here in the region. We'll be right back after the break with more Grill Nation. Thanks for listening today. Brother Bell is on the back. Sweet singers on the front. Cruising down the freeway in the hot hot sun Suddenly we're blue lights flash us from behind If you could only see the way she loves me Then maybe you would understand Hello, welcome back to the Grill Nation Show on 980 AM or on podcast. If you're listening there on our website, grillnationshow.com. Awesome show today with Lee Mudd, RLM Underground, a president, RLMUS.com. Great company here in the region and throughout the country doing all kinds of telecom construction projects, uh, underground, aerial, you name it, providing fiber, their, their engineering, their telecom, their all kinds of things. They do it all providing uh, great work and service uh, in our region. So, Lee, welcome back. You, uh, you're a guy, I think, that just, that just can, can, can talk about anything, my friend. But uh, I want to focus kind of more on you. Um, you talked about some of the failures and some of the things you've learned from in this business and in your journey. What, what has been your proudest moment as a, uh, as a uh, business owner and as a, a person who is involved in projects all over the country? Oh, man, proudest moment. Maybe maybe um, what has been one of your favorite projects or proudest moments, the things that you've accomplished with the business that you thought, wow, when you look back in 15 years, you'll say, wow, I can't believe we did that. So so really, it would be a project in Brookville, Indiana, Um, you know, about two hours north of our Kentucky office. We had a customer call us. We had never done work for the customer. We were still subcontracting at the time. We weren't a prime contractor for anybody. Um, a contractor called us, a customer called us and said, hey, I got your number from so-and-so. We have a job that has to be done by January 30th. Granted, it's middle of October. They said, you know, it's 150,000 feet. Our other co- contractor's not cutting it. Can you do it? It's the first time I ever questioned myself when I said yes. Mm-hmm. I didn't look at the route. I didn't look at the job. I said, yep, we can get it done. At the time, I had eight employees. <laughs> so that normal job like that would have taken us eight months. Mm-hmm. Um, we took the job, put our heads together, reached out to some contractors. January 30th at 11, like 53 p.m., the network was turned on. 
uh, <laughs> with with moments to spare. Uh, and it was kind of where I said, you know, you know what? We can do this. We can take these. I had never used a subcontractor ever. Didn't even have a subcontractor agreement in our office, you know. So this was good faith, goodwill. Um, and like I said, a lot of pieces fell together. We were working weekends. We were working at nights. We were working in the snow. We were working Christmas Eve. We got it done, but it was kind of the turning point to where we changed our business model and we said, no more subcontracting. We're prime. We're going direct with the customers or, you know, we're going direct or we're dying. And, and it was kind of the point of no return. We made a call to all our previous prime contractors we were working for and said, we're no longer going to be working for you guys. We're going to go out on our own you know, and do this directly with the customer or not do it at all. That was a big moment for you guys, for sure. Um, Lee, what's one word that you think would describe you best? Maybe one word that would describe your business best as far as if, if I had a if I had a 911 call and I was like, and I'm trying to think of one word to describe Lee Mudd or one word to describe RLM Underground, what would they be? Oh, RLM Underground, you know, the biggest word, you know, I think resilience describes RLM, RLM underground to a T. Like I said, we might not know everything, but we fight through it and we get it done. Um, the word that describes me, <laughs> oh man, yeah, depends on who you ask. <laughs> um, you know, I think that we're, the best word that describes me is motivated. You know, I, and, it, it, and it's kind of, a, it's boring, but you know, uh, you know, cause I'm not always confident. I might portray that I'm confident. Uh, but, you know, just motivated, always trying to prove people that were good enough, people that, you know, that, you know, don't think we can ever do it on our own. Uh, you know, that is what describes me. What's next for your company? Where, where do you want to go over the next five to 10 years? You know, we, we mentioned that obviously you guys have remained busy during COVID times um, throughout the 2020 year because of all the needs as far as wireless and fiber and, and you know, Internet and whatnot. Um what does the what does the industry look like, and what do you guys want to do in the future? Oh man, grow, uh, grow like crazy. We've grown two hundred percent every year since we've been in business. Um, you know, our outlook for five years is you know a thirty million dollar company. Mm. Uh, we wow. want to you know we 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 really want to dominate the states we're in. Um, you know, we're getting to a point to where you know we really we're in enough states and. We got to sustain those states because it's not really good business practice to do a year job, you know, buy a building, get it all ready, and then move out. Um, you know, so we, we really want to make a home and make our name known in the states that we're in. Mm -hmm. um, so you can expand into more and more states and have kind of a home base in those places. Essentially, correct. you run the run the operation from here and have an office here, but then also maybe if projects are good enough and evaluating doing well on projects and growing more projects in those regions. Correct. Correct. Cause like I said, we, our biggest thing is we might do great on a project, but if we don't like the customer, we don't want, you know, or we think the customer's a headache or they think we're a headache. We don't want to take on a bunch more there. You know, it's all customer based and customer relationships, uh, plain and simple. You know, that's what it is. And we actually probably have more work outside of the state in our other four offices than we do in Kansas City. Interesting. But you guys do projects in Missouri and Kansas? Missouri, Kansas, Iowa, Nebraska, Arkansas. We do them all. That's interesting because you guys are you are here. That that means we we need more construction projects in Kansas City, huh? <laughs> yes. And what Kansas City has a lot of contractors do the same thing we do. 
you know, they have a, there's a lot of competition here. A lot. It's kind of the, you know, it's the hub. Kansas City's the hub for long haul. You know, they have a couple of data centers here. Um, you know, so it's we a tough have, market. We could have a lot more coming down the pipeline. Correct, correct. But it, it, it is a tough market. There's, there's a few contractors here that we respect, you know, greatly, and we want to get to where they're at. Um, and it's hard to break into a market when you have a great company that's already doing the work. Mm-hmm. Lee Mudd is with us. Lee, um, what's some of the best advice you've ever received uh, as a human or as a business owner? You know, whether it's from a mentor, family member growing up, you mentioned your sports history. What what advice has really kind of impacted you throughout your journey? Oh, man, swing for the fences. I like that. Plain and simple. There's not a single person in this world has got to where they are or has not you know, people see all these huge, successful entrepreneurs. They have no idea what they risk to get to where they are. Um, and like I said, you know, go big or go home. You know, some people are fine with, you know, making ends meet, making a good living. No, I, I, I go big or go home, you know, for, for me. I got my family on board. They're fine with that as long as they can eat every night. Uh, <laughs> nothing worth doing. If it's not risky, it's probably not worth doing. It's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing to hear you talk because when we started this interview, you were talking about working at Amazon, you know, and yeah. as a corporate guy and a great got job, great life, great money, mm-hmm. right out of college, you know, to see you now at the end of this interview talk about swinging for the fences, loving competition, taking risks, going bigger, going home, you know, growing into a thirty million dollar company. I mean, this is this is pretty cool. It, no, it is, and you know, it's funny, Jason, because my wife was opposite. She was. A teacher, she was, let's get a steady paycheck. Let's do this. Let's do that. Um, you know, and I'm just like, ah, no, that doesn't sound very fun to me. Uh, and she's honestly, there for I, you. she's along for the ride now. She's kind of, she is. She's kind of she is. This world now. She's going to have know. to get phone calls at all hours of the night to get projects done for a while. Oh, she, she does. That is, you know, that's part our biggest thing is work life balance. But, uh, but yeah, man, I, I tell anybody, do not be afraid. Uh, do not let anybody tell you. I don't care who it is, industry, professions, that you cannot do it. Because, you know, those are the people who don't want to see you succeed um, for some odd reason. So, like I said. I love that advice, Lee. I want to thank you for coming on the show today. Lee Mudd, President, RLM Underground, RLMUS.com. Great company here and throughout the region and throughout the country. Great information, Lee. I love your energy. I love the motivation. I love the uh the advice that you've shared. I hope the listeners did as well and found it valuable. I appreciate you coming on the show today. Any questions anybody has, don't hesitate to reach out. Uh, And like I said, I appreciate everybody's time. We appreciate you. Thank you very much. And thanks to the listeners for joining us. Have a great day and we will talk to you again soon. Take care.